Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Matthew, chapter 22. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. You got to understand something here. In the Jewish wedding, there were actually two invitations. The first would be sent out inviting the guest, much like you get an invitation in the mail and it's sent out inviting you. But the invitation goes out much like it did in the Jewish wedding, which is the first invitation. But then the second invitation goes out. Listen, one year later, when everything is ready. A servant is sent out to tell everyone in this second invitation. So the servant would go out. Remember, they were small communities. It wasn't like the big city of Apex. It was a small community. And so the servant would run out and he'd say, ready, it's ready. It's time. Come. The doors are open. Now, everyone understands something. They knew the day from the first invite But no one knew the hour. So that day, everybody was waiting. So as the servant went out and he said, hey, it's ready. The father says, hey, everything's ready. The food is cooked. Everything's prepared. Go get everybody because I don't want the food to get cold. And the servant would run. It's ready. It's ready. No man knew the hour, but everyone knew the day. Sound familiar? Jesus said what? No one knows the hour but the father. Isn't that interesting? So when the second invite went out, it was time to feast on the fatted calf. In other words, in the Greek language, it's time to feast on Danny's barbecue. On some ribs. Are y'all with me? Look, that's a wedding I want to go to, okay? What's up with the finger foods? Okay, let's have some ribs. Finger food to me means I suck on my fingers when I'm done. That's finger food. Time to eat. So notice, though, who wouldn't want to go to this royal wedding with the fatted calf? And yet in verse five, it says they made light of it and they went their way. One to his farm, the other to his business. These guys acted like no big deal. They were more concerned with what they can make for profit. They willingly and purposely forfeited the honor of being invited and they made light of it. And doesn't this sound like people we know today? Some people would rather stay home and cut their grass than to go to church. Isn't it true? I am amazed when I go in my neighborhood, you know, on a Sunday and people are just cutting their grass. Hey, if you went to the early service, good deal. Okay, fine. But, but man, some people rather stay home and clean their windows Then come to the wedding, come to the feast that the Lord has prepared. Now, here's the meaning of the parable. The king is God, the father, 
who sent the spirit to invite people to come to his table to banquet, to the wedding to marry his son. And the first ones invited, listen, was the nation of Israel. Now, you got to remember, Jesus is talking to who? Jewish people. The first ones invited were the nation of Israel. Romans chapter 1, verse 16 and chapter 2, verse 10 tells us salvation is of the Jew first and then to the Gentiles. But the Jewish nation rejected Jesus. When he came to Jerusalem and they rejected the apostles and they treated them spitefully. And so the invitation went to the Gentiles. And these blessings remain with the Gentiles until Romans chapter 11, verse 25, until the fullness of the Gentiles come in. Now, the fullness of the Gentiles is the last Christian, the last believer, the last person to enter into the church. When that happens, the rapture will happen. Isn't that an amazing concept? That God knows the very one person who is the last person to come through the doors of salvation to enter the church. And when that one person, we don't know. Hey, it could be one of you guys. We could, you could get saved today and maybe you're holding us up. (laughs) You got to let me go. Let my people go. You, (laughs) you don't know. So the last person to come into the kingdom, if you guys are alive, say amen. The last person to come into the kingdom, then we're going to be raptured and we're going to go and be with the father. This is called the fullness of the Gentiles in Romans chapter 11. Look that up in your own time. And when the church is complete, the rapture takes place then God will begin to work with the nation of Israel during the tribulation, which is the time of Jacob's trouble. So Jesus says, you ask about authority. I've come in the authority of the spirit of God, of which you've rejected because you have rejected his invitation. And now the call has gone to the Gentiles. Now, in Luke chapter 14, it's a parallel text. It tells us because those who were invited said they were too busy, the father told the servants to go into the streets and the lanes of the city and to go into the highways and the byways and to beat the hedges and to compel them to come. In other words, go to the Gentiles and invite them to come. Tell them the meal is ready. And the door is open and whosoever will let them come. And did you notice in our text, they went and they got the good, the bad and the ugly. They got the tax collectors and they got the prostitutes. Remember, I told you, you're going to be surprised at who's in heaven. Didn't I tell you that last week? You're going to be surprised. There's going to be some tax collectors, which if you are a tax collector, I love you. It's the season of. Tax collecting. You can still go to heaven if you repent. Come on, do it now, brother. Come on. There's going to be some tax collectors. There's going to be some prostitutes in heaven. And the Jews and the religious leaders, they're going to be shut out. All the religious people because they missed the joy of the wedding. Notice in verse 11 in your Bibles, when the king came into the wedding, which is a picture of the church. Are you with me with that? Say amen. Picture of the church. He found a guy who didn't have the wedding garment. Now, in those days when you came to a wedding, they would give you a wedding garment. 
so that everyone was dressed properly, which is nice. You don't have to go out and buy clothes because somebody's getting married. You know, you're in the bridesmaids, you know. You go to one of those weddings where the bride says, I want all the bridesmaids to buy your own clothes. You know, that's a bummer. You got to buy your own clothes. Okay, fine. That's the way we do it, but that's not the way they did it. When you went to a wedding in those days, they gave everyone the clothes so that everyone was dressed properly. And when the father questioned the man, did you notice that? He was speechless. The father told the servants to tie him up, throw him into outer darkness where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I don't think we can miss the meaning of this. From the lips of our loving Savior, Jesus says, Take the guy out and cast him into outer darkness where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. What is he talking about? The H word. What's that? Hell. Hell? Is there real hell, Rodney? Absolutely. And the Bible is very, very, very clear about that. There is a real hell. Hell is real and hell is eternal. It's not annihilation. Jesus obviously believes in hell. The devils believe in hell. Jesus talked more about hell, get this, than he talked about love. As a matter of fact, you want to hear something? Jesus didn't talk that much about love. What? That's right. He did not talk that much about love. He showed it. Search the scriptures. Well, oh, Jesus is loving. Jesus is love. We write songs. Jesus is love. Yeah, he is love. He didn't talk that much about love. He did a whole lot more showing love than he did talk about it. But it is interesting. He talked a lot about hell. Why? Because he knows that hell is a real place. And basically, Jesus says, do whatever you have to do to avoid it. There are many people who don't believe in hell. Many people. And I understand that. Let me just say to you, if you're one of those people today and you don't believe in hell, may I say to you and listen close and listen, listen, receive this in love, receive this in love. You may not believe in hell, but just because you don't believe in hell, it doesn't make it one degree colder or one minute shorter. Let God be true and every man what? A liar. The word of God is clear. Hell is a real place. It's totally dark and totally miserable and totally hot. You can't see anyone, but you can hear everyone, the torment of everyone. It's a place of outer darkness and weeping, probably weeping at the pain of knowing that they rejected Jesus. And hell will last forever and ever and ever, and it will never end. But hell wasn't created for people. It's in Ezekiel chapter 18, verse 23. It says, do I have any pleasure at all that the wicked should die, says the Lord God, and not that he should turn from his ways and live? God didn't create hell for any man. Hell was not created for people. Hell was created for the devil and his angels. And now the Bible says because of people's rejection of Jesus Christ and the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, hell enlarges itself. Pretty graphic, but very true. And so Jesus comes in and finds this intruder in the wedding. And he says, tie him up, cast him out into outer darkness where there's weeping 
and gnashing of teeth. Now, let me give you quickly five practical lessons to learn from this parable. Five things pretty easy at a high level that we can learn from this parable. Number one, if you're taking notes, the call to salvation, this is what we can see. The call to salvation is a joyous call. And it's a joyous wedding feast. You know, I've heard this and it couldn't be more wrong. How many people have said, you know, to become a Christian is the worst thing that could happen. Because being a Christian is boring. You ever, anybody ever tell you guys that? They, people have told me, that. okay, that's two people. I preach to you, bro. Yeah, there you go. Christianity is boring. You know, wipe that smile off your face. You're a Christian. As if, you know, you got to, when you become a Christian, you know, you got to suck on lemons. Keep, you know, you got to not laugh and not have a good time. I don't know about you, but being a Christian is a blast. Amen, saints? Being a Christian is awesome. You don't believe me? If you'd have been there last night, you would have, we had the best time in the Lord. Amen, saints? We had the best time. People were laughing and talking and fellowshipping, and it was a way to have a good time in the Lord without it getting all fleshy and kind of crazy. And we danced. No, you didn't. Christians dance. Can Christians dance? Some can, some can't. I got to tell you, last night I saw a few who can't. I saw a few who can. And, uh, but we just had a good time. You know, people think that Christians can't have fun and nothing could be further from the truth. What a joy it is to be a child of God. Amen, saints? And a feast to be a child of God. Man, since I've been a Christian, I've been a more potlucks. Right? I mean, people, it's just great. I mean, it's just fellowship. And you get to sit at his table and you get to eat of his love and of his joy and of his fellowship. And what an honor to be invited to his wedding. Jesus loved to go to wedding. You know, Jesus was invited to a lot of weddings and parties. And he went, Jesus, he had fun. He enjoyed himself. And, and people obviously liked him. That's why they invite him to their wedding. Because he was fun to be around. He wasn't a bummer. He wasn't Jesus. I mean, Jesus was like the Christian. I think we would all agree. I mean, there, Jesus would be it. And he had a good time. And people loved to be around him. He wasn't a bummer. You know, if you're not being invited to parties, maybe you're a bummer. Stop being a bummer. Be joyous. Because that's what the Lord would have us be. Invited to this awesome wedding. These guys refused. You know, it was January 22nd, 2005. I don't know if that date sounds familiar, but it was the day that Donald Trump married that Slovenian model. I think her name is Melanina or Mel- Melatonin or something. <laughs> What's her name? But, but, but get this. You know, I'm reading this story. I'm like, come on. This woman's wedding gown was $264,000. Hello, $264,000. That's some folks' home. It ain't my home, but it's some people's home. Some of y'all. $264,000, a dress. And it was had 150, pardon me, 1,500 rhinestones in it. Her engagement ring cost $2 million. Dinner included filet mignon, peppercorn sauce, prongs, faux gras. 
rich folks eat grass, y'all. Don't ask. Lobster, caviar, many wedding cakes made of chocolate truffles for dessert. Seven-tier wedding cake with 300 white roses made from icing. The guest list include, of course, Oprah, Prince Charles, Prince Andrew, Albert of Monaco, P. Diddy, Pavarotti, Liza Minnelli, Usher, Larry King, Katie Couric, David Letterman, Howard Gross Stern, Shaq, Arnold. Their wedding was called the wedding of the century. Listen, I'll tell you, let me tell you something. Compared to what the Lord has in store for those who accept his wedding invitation to his feast, Donald Trump's wedding was ghetto. (laughs) Say amen, saints. Donald Trump's feast was ghetto. It was nothing. You see, because why? Because, listen, the wedding that God has planned for us, he has been the wedding planner for 2,000 years. They probably took them like a year to put this wedding together. God's been preparing this wedding for 2,000 years. This has got to be the feast of all feasts. You ever see that, that, that one picture where the table, the feast is made and the table is prepared and it just kind of looks like it's going into eternity? You ever see that picture? You know, if you have it, give it to me. But you see that, that, that picture and it's like going into eternity? You know, feast. You know, the food at God's table. You know, no, 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 no peanuts and, 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 and finger foods and, and cake at God's wedding table. God's wedding table It's going to be awesome. And the guest list, Moses, Elijah, Elisha, David, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Joshua, Peter, Paul, you, me, say amen. Clothed in the righteous robe of Jesus Christ and rejoicing. You see, so it's a joyous table. Well, number two, the invitation, the call came to all. It was unlimited. Look at verse nine. Go into the highways. Very important. Go into the highways, beat the hedges, compel them all to come. That means take the gospel everywhere to everyone, to all people. Take the gospel to the country and take the gospel to the hood. Anywhere there are people. The father is ready to love and receive. The son is ready to pardon and cleanse. And the spirit is ready to sanctify and renew. But they were preoccupied with things. Farms and business, nothing wrong with farms, nothing wrong with business. But the problem was it kept them from coming into the kingdom. The invitation was unlimited. And then thirdly, the call, you notice you can't, did you notice this here? You can't sneak into the wedding without a garment. Did you see that? This guy, though, in verse 11, this guy tried to sneak in with the, with the wrong garments We talked about it last week. He was a professor of faith, if you will, but not a possessor of faith. And the Bible says our righteousness is filthy rags and it won't get you into heaven. It won't be accepted. You must put on the righteous robe of Jesus Christ. Not only are are, our righteousness filthy rags, but God says it's rejected. And if we seek to be in his kingdom with our own righteousness, we are cast out. 
and thrown in the outer darkness. You see, so today, this morning, we need to be willing to change our clothes. Amen, saints? Change your clothes and put on Jesus' robe. And if you don't, there's going to be a day of reckoning. And then number four, everyone who was invited to the wedding feast was not worthy. Look at verse eight in your Bible. Now, this is such an important verse. Notice the worthiness of those who were invited was not, I repeat, was not because of who they were and what they had done and what they did for a living. Notice it says both evil and good people were called. So the invitation was not based on their worthiness or their merit. The invitation was based on what? Grace, mercy, the mercy of the king, the mercy of the father. You see, not on their worthiness. Josiah Condor, a theologian, wrote in 1836 these words. Tis not that I did choose thee, for Lord, that could not be. This heart would still refuse thee. Hast thou not chosen me? My heart owns none before thee. For thy rich grace I thirst. This knowing if I love thee, thou must have loved me first. Yeah, not on my own righteousness, but he loved me first. And then our final point, you can't make excuses. Look at verse five. You know, I actually have here in my notes, don't make lame excuses. You see that in verse five? But they made light of it and they went their ways, one to his own farm and the other to his business. You see, Luke chapter 14, verse 18, if you're taking notes, tells us, but they all with one accord began to make excuses. And it wasn't appropriate. See, these were excuses because it wasn't appropriate. Two reasons, because it wasn't appropriate to have a banquet before sundown. So farming and business was done in the daylight. Obviously, this banquet is happening at night. And these guys make an excuse why they can't come. What's your excuse this morning? Why aren't you coming to the banquet? You know, someone once said, excuses are the skin of reason stuffed with a lie. Isn't that true? The skin of reason stuffed with a lie. Excuses have been around. Search the scriptures all the way through the Bible. Excuses. Genesis chapter 3. You know, excuses. Adam, where are you? Excuse number one. I heard your voice and I was afraid. Excuse number two. Who told you you were naked? Adam said, Excuse number two, it was the woman you gave me. Excuses are all through the scriptures. Aaron, he said, down below the mountain, Moses is up getting the commandments. He comes down and he finds Aaron and the people of Israel dancing around a golden calf. And Aaron said, and Moses said, Aaron, what are you doing? And Aaron began to make excuses. He said, well, I mean, the people gave me jewelry. I cast it into the fire and poof, this calf came out. God, I don't know how that happened. And all of a sudden, we just got naked and started dancing. That's what he said. Excuses. People make excuses. You know, I hear excuses all the time as to why people didn't come to church. I ran into somebody at the supermarket the other day. And they go, oh, Pastor Rodney, they said, you know, I didn't make it to church last Sunday. See, I didn't even miss them, but they told them themselves. But, you know, no, I didn't make it to church last Sunday. I stayed up late on Saturday night. And they said I was too tired. Excuses. 
or Sunday morning is the only morning I get to what? Sleep in. See, you guys know these excuses, don't you? I quit going to church, Pastor Rodney, because the church is filled with a bunch of, right? I was going a while, but my kids, they think it's boring. Or we came for a while, but the drums were too loud. I mean, the excuses go on and on. You know, no excuses. Just come to the table. And the Bible says in the last verse, many are called, but few are chosen. The masses miss the wedding feast and few choice people by the grace of God enter into the kingdom and are partakers of the feast. And what determines that? You, whosoever will, let them come. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.